it's good to have you here today. Amen. I'm a little nervous. I hadn't <clears throat> preached on a Sunday morning, taught, or did anything since, well, three and a half years since Eddie's been gone. But anyway, y'all just pray for me. But I couldn't let today pass without talking about it. Because this is Pentecost Sunday. And what happened to my husband and I when we heard, you know, we, we never heard of it. And when we heard about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it changed our lives. And I feel like it's, almost, it's changed our community by people, churches being uh, built. And, uh, and my children, you know, that went into the ministry and so many more that I know. David Smith started this church and he came out of Maranatha and it was under Pat's ministry. <clears throat> but this is what, this is the day that the church uh, recognizes as Pentecost Sunday. You hardly hear, ever hear about it. And it's so important. And so I want to share that with y'all today. Uh, Pat had, like he said, it made such a difference in his life. He had gone up and he had given his life to the Lord. And he, of course he was young and a teenager, but he said it re he really was touched by God and said it lasted three days. And he said then he'd be back out in the world. There was something lacking in him to be able to go on and live that life that he wanted to live. He said, I was sincere. I wanted to, but then my old flesh would get back in charge of me, and I was out doing all those things I had done before. So when he was 36 years old, and he wanted to serve the Lord again, he said, I got to have more, Lord. He said, what I got, the last time, I know it was you, but I need the power to live this life. I do not have it inside of me. And he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and the rest is history. We were having prayer meetings at our house behind closed doors. And Pat said, if I believed like y'all believe, I'd be shouting it from the housetops. And that's what he did. God changed his life. And I want to share this with you because that's how important it is. You need help in your life? God has provided for it. He said he had a gift to give us. He told the apostles, wait till you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, everybody saved has the Holy Spirit living in them. You cannot even come to the Father unless the Spirit draws you. But he still told them, wait. He blew on the apostles, he breathed on them and said, to, to, uh, to receive the Holy Spirit. And then he told them when it, the power of the Holy Spirit was going to come, and he teaches them that. They were saved, they believed in Jesus, but they were locked behind closed doors until the day of Pentecost came. Uh, Zechariah 6, 6, 6, I'm sorry, 4, 6 says that it's not by might, it's not by power, 
but it's by my spirit, said the Lord God Almighty. We're not going to do things by military power. You're not going to get what you want by political power or by man's strength. There's wars, rumors of wars, chaos in this world. People afraid of terror, terrorism, terrorism and all the other things that are happening in this world. But it's not by might. It's not by strength, but it's going to be by his power. Amen. There's not going to be no politician going to come save you. It's not going to be how big our military is. I don't care how tough you think you are. We are going to have to rely on the Holy Spirit. Amen? Uh, that right now, Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran are all coming together. Hey, church, it's close. Couldn't happen. This couldn't happen until Israel became a nation in 1948. And then in the Six-Day War, which is 50 years this year, they got Jerusalem back. Where's Jesus coming back? Jerusalem. Who's going to own Jerusalem or be in charge of Jerusalem when Jesus comes back? The Jewish people are going to have it. It's his holy city. Now all these things have fit into peace. The time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. June 6, 1967, the Jews got Israel back, got Jerusalem back. It belongs to Israel. Now there's all kind of fusses and fighting going on, but I'm going to tell you something. There's not going to be any peace in this world. The Bible says pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And you know what you're praying for? For Jesus to come back. Not until he puts his foot there, there's not going to be peace in this world. There's going to be fighting and wars and chaos all over. Pray. Pray, church. That's what we're called to do. Pentecost is a Jewish, holiday, a, a Jewish holy day. Here in America we say holidays, but holy day. It was Shabbat that... <clears throat> The Feast of Shabbat, or weeks, that went back to Moses. When God took the children of Israel out of Egypt, he brought them into this land and up onto Mount Sinai, and Moses was given the law. Now, when the law was given, it convicted people of sin. Until then, they didn't have anything telling them. They knew what was right and wrong, but they didn't have a law telling them what was right and wrong. And it convicted them of sin. And when Moses was up there, the people got in rebellion against God and against Moses. And when Moses came back with the law, 3,000 of those people died. The law brings death because it shows us that we're a sinner. So the law brought death. And these two, there are three major feast days. There's the Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles, which is in the fall. That one has not come to pass. There's three feasts that go with it, but we're not even going to get into that. But the Passover feast has been fulfilled, 
And that's when Jesus' blood was sacrificed. At the same time, the Jews were sacrificing their lamb for their sin. Our lamb, Jesus Christ, was being crucified. And that's Passover for the Jews. And it the day and Jesus was crucified on their Passover, the day that they were celebrating it. And then 50 days later, Jesus rose from the dead, which was the Feast of First Fruits on Sunday. And 50 days after that was going to be the holy day of Pentecost. Amen? And that is exactly when Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit, that's what it means, 50 days, Hebrews Pentecost is up. Jewish, Hebrews is Shabbat. The Jewish word for it is Pentecost. Same thing, if you read about it anywhere. So, the Jews celebrated the wheat festival, and they'd all come together in one room. It was a, a, a feast day that the Jews had to celebrate. It was required. They celebrated the wheat harvest, the grain coming in. But we Christians, when we talk about Passover, we celebrate the church age the harvest of souls coming into the kingdom of God. And that's what Pentecost to a Christian means. That's what we talk about it when we say Pentecost. And when the the day of Pentecost came and Peter got up and preached, 3,000 souls got saved. Hallelujah. The Spirit brings life. The law brought death. But the Spirit brought life. And these happened on the day of Pentecost, what we would call the day of Pentecost. I didn't tear my pages because I lost my place at the last funeral. So anyway, (laughs) the the Pentecost is for the believer. But Passover is for the sinner. If you're a sinner... Passover's for you. Before I got saved, Passover was for me. The blood of Christ was our sacrificial lamb. He died on the cross once and for all. And his blood saved me. And his blood saves you. And that's our Passover. The death angel passes us over. And we become a Christian. We become We belong to Christ. We are saved. Amen? We have Christ who's taken, uh, was crucified for our sin. That's Passover. And that's for the, I mean, yeah, Passover. And that is for the sinner. But you know, there's a blessing for the believer. The Pentecost is for the Christian, for the believer. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift for Christians. And I hope I can tell you today, and I can show you, and like John told me I needed a point, my point is I want you to see how important the Holy Spirit is going to be in your life if you will receive that gift that Jesus told you that he had for you. Let's go to Joel 2, 28 and 27. 
This is the Old Testament. This is a prophecy being given by one of the prophets in the Old Testament named Job. It's toward the end of the Old Testament. <laughs> Just give you a hint if you're looking for it. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants. I will pour out my spirit in those days. And it shall come to pass, verse 32, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is in the Old Testament. And this is Job prophesying what God's going to do one day. And so the people, the Jewish people knew this because this scripture was always being uh, taught to them. And they knew that scripture. The prophetic gifts of God will be poured out. And anybody who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Prophecy, all, all the gifts that we think about, the nine gifts of the Spirit. The, the prophetic gifts will be imparted by the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And they for us. They are here. We have them today moving in the body of Christ. If you go to uh, Acts now, chapter 2, or just turn there. You can get, just stay there. I know Pastor usually has a lot of them up there, but... He uses the one Bible and I use New King James. So they read a little bit different. So the, the apostles, 120 people had come to the, and they were in the upper room there in Jerusalem. They'd come because of the Passover. For 40 days, Jesus had walked around in his glorified body. He had taught, walked with him, talked with him, even ate fish with him. 40 days teaching him about what was going to happen. And then he ascends back up into heaven. And then ten days later, they're meeting in an upper room somewhere, and they're waiting, they're praying. It's the it's day of Pentecost, and they're sitting there. And... Uh, the Holy Ghost comes. Let's, let's read Acts 2, 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, after all those years, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they appeared to, and then appeared to them divided tongues, and as it was a fire, and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They made so much noise. There was so much happening there. They were so filled with this Holy Spirit that had come and had filled them that people came to see what was going on. 
They were different people. Something different had happened to them. And they were all excited. Joe's uh, prophecy was coming to pass in their time and in their day. Now, G, uh, Peter stood up in Acts 2.32, filled with the Holy Spirit, and he said unto them, This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see. He said, we're not drunk. We're not causing a riot. We have been filled with the promise of the Holy Spirit that I told you about, that Jesus told us about, and that the Father has sent us. He said, this is what's happening here. And the people just didn't really know what to believe. I mean, they were just in chaos about it. But you know what? You had 120 bold believers there. You had Peter who was behind closed doors because he was afraid of the Jews and the Romans. He was standing up prophesying to them or telling them, preaching to them about God, what God had done, what Jesus had just done unto them. Let's go back and see where Jesus was telling them that. In Luke 24 and 40, Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Jesus had just been raised from the dead. He'd walked with them for 40 days. He had breathed on them and told them to receive the Holy Spirit. I believe that they got saved. I believe they were saved. But now he says, tarry in Jerusalem until you're being endued with power. Hey, there's something more coming, he's telling them, from on high. He said, don't go off with that. Well, they were going nowhere. They were still hiding. And Jesus, he was telling them to wait for that gift. Something's missing, like Pat said that time with him. I got to have more. I love Jesus with all my heart, but my old flesh won't, won't conform to him. We can't do it on our own. We have to have the Spirit of God living inside of us. Jesus overcame the world, and we're not going to overcome the world in our flesh. We have to have that power. We have to have the Holy Spirit living in power inside of us. Acts 1, 1 and 2 says, Jesus was teaching them the whole time through the Holy Spirit that he had been uh, raised from the, from the dead like glorified body. And he was telling them what was going to happen. Now like us, I'm sure they wouldn't have known. Because until something happens to us and we experience it, I had ministered to people for years, 40 years. People in the church, people in the community, people at the bank who had lost loved ones. I'd lost my own husband too, and I had to walk through that, you know. But you know what? All of a sudden it hit me. 
when Eddie died. I did, I, oh, I, I had all the words. I told Phyllis what she, oh, you got Will. I said, you know, and I told people, I didn't understand it, Phyllis, and I'm sorry. All of you. But when it happens to you, then you have the understanding of what somebody else is going through. Then you know what you didn't know. And you know how to minister more. And it's, you know, so we, the apostles didn't understand what Jesus was talking about until they received the Holy Spirit like they did. Acts 1.4 says, Do not leave. This is Jesus' last words. If somebody was there and you know they were the last words they were going to tell you, you would listen to them, wouldn't you? You would hear what they had to say. They knew he was going to be taken into heaven. He told them he was leaving. And he said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. He calls it the gift of the, my, father, promise, my Father, that my Father promised, which you have heard me speak to you about. Don't leave Jerusalem until you be endued with that power, that gift. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Who else said that? John the Baptist said it in 3.11 of Matthew. He said, Behold the Lamb of God. He said, I baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy, will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And here's Jesus saying, Jesus himself, who John was talking about, you're going to be uh, baptized with the Holy Ghost. Not many days. And it was 10 days, made 50 days. 40 days he walked the earth, and 10 days they waited. And the day of Pentecost came. And Jesus told them, wait for the gift. The gift is from God. And the reason we need this gift, we have reasons. It says in verse 8 of Acts 1, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. We need power to be a witness. The apostles knew who Jesus was, but they were behind closed doors. Thomas didn't even want to believe unless he saw. He was there. Amen. How awful quiet. And so anyway, he wants us to be a witness. You know, Packy just, he come back yesterday. Thank you, Jesus. Him and my granddaughter, and they've been in Kenya. And this first time this happened in such full force with Packy, he's been before. Over a thousand souls were saved. They went to the bush. People had never heard about Jesus Christ. And he's in awe right now. He can't even talk about it without crying. Over a thousand souls won to the Lord in two weeks. The power to be a witness and to bring the gospel to people that have never heard. 
You know, it's not what you say, it's what the Bible says. It's not what you do, but it's the Holy Spirit quickening people. It don't matter if you don't speak the same language. Somebody there interpreted, but the anointing of the Holy Spirit was there. And people that never heard of Jesus Christ were saved. Got received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not by might or power, but by His Holy Spirit. Brother Bob Holloway, there are missionaries all over the world bringing the gospel to the lost. That's the great commission, you know, that uh, in Mark, that go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Amen? And to all nations, telling them the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he has become their savior, he's washed away their sins, and now they can come before the Father, no matter what they look like, what color they are, if they're poor or rich, what, they, what kind of language they speak. Whoever believes shall be saved and be baptized shall be saved. But whoever does not believe is damned already. And they are. If you're not saved, you're going to hell. But if you will accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, amen, it's for you. And that's what the gospel is. That is what the good news is. Amen. Jesus knew we had to have more. Acts 2, 1, 2. And of course, this is really familiar to so many. But this is what happened. He told the apostles to wait. They were in this room, 120 of them, in one accord. Hey, church, that means they were nobody fussing, fighting, no divisions. They were in one accord, waiting on God. Amen? And it says, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were at. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I think I already read this to you, but it's worth hearing it again. And whosoever will call on the name of the Lord. This is what Pentecost, this was waiting for the power of the Holy Ghost. These were disciples and apostles and Mary and everybody that already believed in Jesus Christ. But they needed more. They needed that power. They needed that power that was going to be given to them. Boldness comes when you get the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. They all, they all became different men. They all went out, gave their lives and preached, died, suffered for the sake of Jesus Christ. Where before they wouldn't even go to see where he was being crucified. They were afraid. Peter denied he knew him three times. We don't find after this that Peter ever denies him again. 
He's got that power. And Jesus, the Holy Spirit does, and he knew why. We need power to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. We need power to preach the gospel about the good works of Jesus, the good news. We need the power to do that. We need power to endure suffering. Suffering comes with being a Christian. We are blessed here in America. And we do have tragedies and we have uh, things that happen in our life. But some people are being martyred every day. Hundreds of them are being martyred for the sake of Jesus Christ. You need power to be able to suffer for him. Power to live for him. All of us need power to live for him. It's so much easier to just go let the flesh take over and do what we want to do. But we know what the right thing to do is and we need that power because he is our overcomer. He, we need the power to be the, an overcoming of this world. We need power to love people. Everybody's not lovable. But what did Jesus say? They will know you are my disciple by your love. One for another. Not all this fussing and fighting and backbiting and chaos and turmoil. Anger that people have against each other. He said, you will, they will know you, my disciples, by how you love one another. We need power to do that. Everybody's not lovable. The blood and nothing but the blood saves us. Salvation is for sinners. The blood of Jesus is what saves you. Nothing else. You don't add nothing else. Not what you wear. Not what you uh, look like. And not any other thing that people talk about. Not tongues. Nothing. The blood of Jesus is what saves you and nothing else. You can't add nothing to it. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the gift for believers. It's the power that we need. If you're not saved, you can't have it. But if you're saved, it's your gift. See, Pat had been saved three times, never heard about it. But when he heard and received the power of the Holy Spirit, his life was changed forever. And so was ours. And my family got Packy preaching the Bible, gospel, Eddie, you know, and they, and my other children are serving the Lord. But it's the power that we need to walk in this world that we get from the Holy Ghost. Amen. I like to call them Holy Ghost because that's what we used to. But now that kind of, I had somebody ask me one time. Sister Evelyn, is the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost the same thing? That's how ignorant we are that we don't even teach it. Nobody really hears it. You know, you can talk about God all you want to. If you're not an atheist, agnostic, everybody has a God, every religion has a God. Everybody prays to their own God, right? But you start talking about Jesus and you start splitting all that. Hey, we, you don't have to come through Jesus. There's other ways. There's Mohammed. There's Buddha. There's this God. They're dead. 
Jesus is the only one alive. But when you start talking about Jesus, you start separating. And I'm afraid in Christendom, when you start talking about the Holy Spirit, the same thing happens. I know when I just got so excited about the Holy Spirit and, and, and what was happening, people says, oh, well, that, that's not for today. You don't need that. I said, well, my Bible says I need it. I'm going to believe my Bible. And I know, church, what it did in my own life and in my husband's in particular. He was a heathen. I at least went to church. I did believe in Jesus. I did believe in God. But he made, when the power of the Holy Ghost, when Jesus came and just got a hold of him, he was a completely different person. And that's how these apostles were. Peter stood up. He was different. Jesus, the promise was uh, prophesied, I read it to you, in Job 2 that God was going to send his spirit and here anyone who called on the name of the Lord was going to be saved. It was reaffirmed after Jesus was raised from the dead, after his resurrection in Luke 24. And here it is fulfilled in Acts. There it all is, you know. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a battle going on in our lives. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 6 says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness in this world. So he says, put on the whole armor of God so that we can stand against the world, the things of the world, the devil. Put on the whole armor of God. And that's, that's Jesus. That's God living in us. He said, wait for that gift. Don't leave Jerusalem until you have it. The devil's not afraid. Satan's not afraid of the church. He's not afraid of you. But you know what he is afraid of? The power of God living inside of you. Without the Holy Spirit, the church is nothing. With the power of the Holy Spirit living in you and us rising up to it, Satan can't touch us. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church of God. Church, we need to wake up. We're going backwards all the time instead of going forward. Oh, we got our missionaries over in Africa, South America. Oh, what about in our community? What about in our homes? We need to go forth with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and bind that devil. Get him away from our children, our household, our marriages. Jesus said, I came to destroy the works of the devil. Listen to that a minute. Why did Jesus say he come? I came to destroy the works of the devil. And he did it. It happened. He's not coming back and die for you one more time. He's already done it. He was, he, God raised him. 
and exalted him to his right hand. And then Peter said, and then he has poured out this Holy Spirit that you all now see in here. Amen? It's happened. Salvation is for somebody that's lost. The gift of the Holy Spirit is for the believer to have the power that they need to walk in this life. Amen. Let's go to Acts 2.38. Now this is Peter. Y'all think back on him when he denied Jesus three times. Now he went out and wept bitterly and he was restored. Thomas wouldn't believe him. They were all hiding. And that's why the doors were closed when Jesus came to the, through the doors, you know, because they were afraid. They believed him, but they couldn't put all the things that were happening together, and they were afraid. But Peter, after this experience that he had, stood up and said, they asked him, you know, he just told them that Jesus had, in 32, that Jesus had done this, that what had been poured out was from Jesus, that God had given it to him and he had poured it out. And the people asked him, then what should we do? What can we do? And Peter says, repent. My well, strong word. Repent. We hardly hear it anymore. Repent, church. Repent of whatever. I'm not talking about just alcoholism, uh, being immoral, addictions. I'm talking about the stuff in your heart and the things that are living there do too. Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I can't put it any plainer than that. Repent and be baptized, and you shall receive. You have to receive Jesus first, and then you get the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, and as many as the Lord our God shall call. Brent, you somewhere in there. As many to you and your children, Angie, and to as many as the Lord our God shall call. That gift is there for us. But we have to receive it. 41 says, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 people got saved, had revival. When the Holy Spirit came and they got excited and they started shouting and rejoicing, I think that's what they did, and praising God. All the people came. And so Peter stood up and he told them what was happening. And 3,000 people got saved and received Jesus as their Savior. Amen. That's a revival. That's a revival that was going on. John 7, 37 to 39 said, On the last day of that 
the, the last day, that day of the great feast, Jesus stood up and cried, saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scriptures has said, out of his heart will come rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not given yet because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus wasn't glorified yet. But guess what? He has been glorified. Guess what? On the day of Pentecost, 2,000 years ago, the Holy Spirit was poured out to believers. Amen. You have to be a believer. But you've got to get saved. You've got to get Jesus in your heart. We need power in our lives today. I know most of you, you need power. I'm not saying you don't have the Holy Spirit and you never had it, but you've got to get refilled. You've got to keep on being refilled. Yes, I'm saved, but do you, how's your prayer life? What's going on in your life? Are you having victory? Are you being defeated? Are you walking in the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus said not to not receive? Now, he told them to stay in Jerusalem because he knew he was going to pour it out. Wherever you are now, you can have it. Amen? Because he has already poured it out. In Acts 4, just three days after the Feast of Pentecost, just three days after they were filled with power with the Holy Spirit, just three days after... Peter had preached and 3,000 got saved. They're up praying to God again saying, Oh Lord, fill us again with your mighty Holy Spirit. And he did in the place where they were shook. Do you get that excited about the Lord? That the place shakes from your praise and getting excited and having the power of God inside of us. If the apostles needed to be refilled, church, don't think you don't need to be refilled. How do you get refilled? Just say, Lord, fill me. Like they did. That's all they said. You don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit again. You got the Holy Spirit. You said, Lord, fill me again with your mighty Holy Spirit. Spirit. It leaks out. All the trials and the things that come against us, the situations. It happened to them. Peter had prayed for the man at the gate called Beautiful. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. He had, uh, people were being healed by handkerchiefs. He was uh, going about God's work. And then they were being persecuted. And they go to a room and said, Oh, Lord, fill us again with you. They like that feeling. We need to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. 
We need to stay close to God. In this time when all these things are happening in the world, divorces that are breaking up families, tragedies that are happening in our lives, we have to stay close to God because it's very easy to get away from God. And that power that he has given us, sometimes you don't feel like going to him and pray. Sometimes you don't want to read the Bible. A lot of times you don't want to come to church. (laughs) But he says, Come to me, all ye who are weary. Come to Jesus. And once you come to Jesus, he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You know what he does? That Holy Spirit, the Comforter, comes. Fill us, O God, with your mighty Holy Spirit. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for me and you. Like a lawyer up there. She belongs to me, Lord. He's mine, Lord. The blood covers him. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. We have our interceder up there praying for us. But you need the power. You need that gift. You need the Holy Spirit working in your life. Jesus ascended back to the Father. He says, and when I'm there, I will give you. My Father will send you the Comforter. He will send you the Holy Spirit. He's here. You don't have to wait no more. Oh, I know you think, and and you have the Holy Spirit. When you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. I was Catholic, and I hope I don't offend anybody, but the only time I heard Holy Spirit was Father, Son, and Holy Spirit calling on on the Lord. He's bigger than that. And he wants to fill you this morning. If you're not saved, get saved. Ask Jesus to come in your heart. If you've been so far away from him and you need for him to, to touch you again, come and let Jesus cleanse you. And then receive the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. T, can you come on up here?